You know what you call a, a belt made of watches? A waste of time. <laughs> well, there you go. How many have enjoyed the snow? Okay. Why do we live in Ohio then? You know? <laughs> yeah. The snow is so much fun. I'm not, I'm ready for spring. Uh, I was, I was telling Paul, he was talking about shoveling. I said, well, the one thing I'm thankful for is my quad with a plow on it. I think Jesus would have a quad with a plow. But man, yeah, uh, snow shoveling is, is no fun. But God is so good. I do love the change of seasons and all of the things that that brings, but we wanted to welcome you here to TLC. Let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. And uh, Mal is in recovery stage, as you know. We have a, have a new grandson, Asher Daniel Omen. And uh, so we're very thankful. Uh, he's, he's beautiful like his dad and mom. And uh, she just sent us pictures, me and Pamal. That's Pastor Kim is Pamal. I'm Potts. But she sent us pictures this morning of him smiling. And uh, so, he, he's so he's so adorable. And Arrow is, you know, he's always wanting, he wants to do something with his baby brother or whatever. So they're trying to. Help him like, no, you, you can't throw him like a football. You, you, he's just little. He doesn't want to wrestle. He doesn't know any of that, but so good. Uh, when you leave today, as you, as you go out, they're going to have this, if you want one. I, I told you I was going to get them. These are, uh, they say True Life Church, and it says Live Life on Purpose, and they glow in the dark. And so Tom has them in a uh, bowl back there. And so just take one. If you'd like one, you don't, there's, you're not forced. There's no charge. You know, so I'm, but in this world that we live in, I do believe we need to glow. We need to glow in the dark and show people there is a better way to live. And so that is partly uh, what is pushing us to talk about finances, um, just because there is the world system and there's God's system. So we've been, this is our third week in financial stewardship, and we've been talking about that. And, you know, we've told you and I've told you, I, I believe that I've, I've taught it wrong in the past. Not completely wrong, but, you know, God reveals more things to you. And just so you know, I haven't arrived. I'm still learning. I'm working on all of the things that he wants me to work on. But I, I do believe we've found where this needs to come from. And it obviously always comes from the word if we want to get solid truth. It's been taught for gain or greed. It's been taught wrongly. Not everywhere and not all the time, but uh, it has been misconceived as, you know, people, we're in a world of assumption, aren't we? We all assume. Somebody said, that, especially now we're in the world of texting. And you, you don't know emotions on a text. You, know, you might not even mean it the way it comes across, but because it's a text, they can't see your emotions and they, they may take it or maybe they're in one of those moods that just hits them wrong. And, uh, and you've been on the other end of that as well. So... We want to make sure that we give you the truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free. I want you to know what the Bible says about giving so that you know and you can see it in the word and then you can go, okay, that's what I want to do. And I'm going to prove it to you. And that's what I like about this because the Lord wants me to show you fruit. And I have fruit from what I'm teaching you. And I know people that are with me and, and uh, even those that are above me that keep me accountable, they have fruit. And that's what I was like, I've not seen this before. Because I don't know where you're at, but I was tired of church the way it was. Go to church and we just, we be, oh, God is sovereign and he just, if he ever wants to, he might help you. He might answer this prayer. He might do this. But he might not. I always, I heard God could say yes, no, or wait. Sometimes we even heard like maybe. But then, you know, we never heard like, oh, how does that happen? I mean, we read about it, but if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, why, is, why am I not seeing it now? We got to start asking ourselves, then if, if this, if we, uh, you and I are believers and we're supposed to heal the sick, cast out demons, why are we not seeing that? you got to start asking yourself, if he's the same, do I not have that with me? Did he not equip me, or did he just say, you know what, Brett, you're pretty ornery? <laughs> now, he could say that, but he's not going to. Because his, his kingdom, is if it's good for me, it's good for you. 
It's good across the board. He is no respecter of persons. So Kim and I started diving in saying, okay, then what is the problem? Where is the malfunction, the disconnect? It's never God. It's me. It's me. If I've missed it, it's because I've missed it. God's never wrong. He never misses. I told you last week, if God played golf, he would get and played 18 holes, his score would be 18. He cannot miss. He cannot do less than the best. He's God. So when he declares or he sets laws up, they don't change. You can't change them. I can't change them. That's how the kingdom works. So I want to talk about a scripture that we, you're, you've heard of, and we'll explain it. And before this whole series is over, I'm going to show you what I believe the Lord, how the kingdom works, and how things happen. I hope that's okay. People look at and they say, how did that happen, Brett? How did that show up? What, what, can you explain it? Well, I'll explain it to you, and I'll explain what I did for that to happen. But I didn't do it because I'm special. In his eyes, I guess I'm special, but so are you. We are the same. He doesn't love me less or more than you. He loves you just the same. There's nothing you can do for him to love you less. There's nothing you can't do for him to love you more, or however that works. It's just, you know, I'm just saying, well, I, I just need to read my Bible. I need to fast more, and God would probably. That has nothing to do with his love for you. Nothing. Well, I need to, if I don't tithe, he won't love me. He loves you no matter what you do. You can't not earn, he's already done it. And so I'm going to go from the standpoint of it's already been done. And see, we've went this way, the wrong way, for years. We've went man's way, condemnation, judgment. Well, I, I, I didn't do my devotion today. So that's why that wreck happened. No, it's because we live in a fallen world and the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But we have authority. Anyway, are you ready? We're going to uncover some stuff. So let's look at Luke chapter 16, 1 through 13. He also said to his disciples, there's a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, or you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do. When I'm put out, on the steward, put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of the master's debtors to him and said, uh, and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail that they may receive you into an everlasting home he was faithful in what is least is also faithful also in much he was excuse me is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much therefore if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit your trust the true riches not been faithful in what is another man's who will give you what is your own no servant can serve two masters for he either will hate the one love the other or be loyal to the one despise the other you cannot serve god and mammon <laughs> we've read that we've heard it We've seen it in church. We've read that. And it kind of messes with us a little bit. Why would he discount debts that weren't his to discount? Have you ever been someplace and the employee says, don't worry about it? I'm just going to tell you really what happened to me. Pastor Gary and Pastor Drinda and Kim and I were at Cedar Point. So we were going to Cedar Point and Maddie was with us. I don't know if Mal was with us. Oh, everybody, okay, everybody was. Everybody was. And they had a place now where it's an it's a Italian, you can get pizza and stuff in there. But it used to be a buffet. Does anybody remember? It was right by those things that go over the skyline things. We went in there, and, you know, the buffet was like $13, $14. Maddie had decided she didn't, all she wanted was mac and cheese. I didn't want to pay $14 for mac and cheese. I'm like, 
and they're not selling it a la carte, you know. So the wait the waitress said, "Don't worry about it. She can just just get her some mac and cheese. She can have yours." Okay, now that all sounds good because she works there. Is she the owner? Does she make the rules? Did she buy the mac and cheese? Did she pay for any of that? But she is giving a discount that she really has no authority to give. Now, the whole time this is happening, Pastor Gary is just watching me. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And this is what I'm thinking. Score, mac and cheese. I don't have to pay. I'm going to get her a bowl. Sounds pretty good to me. After all, we're buying the buffets. Come on. And the girl goes, why? Gary leans over and says, that's not right. I leaned over and said, shut up. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I love faster. But I'm just like, you know, kind of like, come on. I mean, I mean. And he said, she has no right to do that. She is not the manager, the owner, or any of that. He said, that's, that's not right. I said, so you're saying for me to pay $13.99 for a bowl of mac and cheese. Dead stare. <laughs> so inside of me, now you got to remember, I grew up with Dave. <laughs> My dad, if you look up cheap in the dictionary, you will find his name true we went to family camp with tom and sandy back in the back tom loved diet dr pepper loved it so he my dad told tom i want to bless you and tom's like man did you get saved what happened you know what i mean so my dad unbeknownst to tom is sneaking around the back of tom's camper opening up tom's pop cooler getting tom's diet dr pepper sneaking back around acting like he's coming out of his and handing it to tom for two days tom is drinking his own pop thinking my dad has bought it my dad is loving every minute of that so that's how i grew up so i'm thinking 14 bucks for a bowl of mac and cheese and inside my insides are like oh oh but pastor's still dead stare, and it's time to go. And he looks at me and says, what are you going to do? And I, I wanted to say, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't have a good attitude, but it was just bothering me. So, but I went up, and I had determined I'm going to do the right thing. Now, all the way up to the register, I was fought, not by anybody physically, but spiritually. My mind, those darts. That's why you have that shield. Stop those darts. I didn't know enough to stop the darts. I was just getting hit. I was like Rocky Balboa and Apollo's pounding me up. But anyway, I went up there and, and the lady, the waitress was taking my money. She said, no, no, no. Don't pay for this. I told you it was all right. And I said, no. And she said, no, I insist. I had to tell her, Ma'am, do you have the right to do that? Are you the owner or the manager? And she just looked at me like offended. I said, I would just rather pay for it. She just looked at me like, idiot. (laughs) So I paid for it. Pastor was watching me through the glass. I walked out. He slaps me on the back. He goes, how does that feel? I said, it feels great. And I thought, I'm $14. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Most expensive mac and cheese I've bought in a long time. But what I'm saying is, There's so many things that that people try to take advantage of that they don't have the right to do. And the enemy will test your integrity. And you have to stand that test. I mean, if I got overcharged two cents, I'm taking two cents back to Walmart or wherever I got overcharged. That's just what I'm going to do. And people look at me. If I find money on the floor, like or in one of those, you know, you go through the quick check and somebody left all their change. I gave it to the attendant somebody left us. It was in the change machine when I left, and there was like 75 cents. Well, you know, even change like that comes in handy, but it's not mine. They just said, oh, thank you, and they put it in their pocket. Whether they do it, that's past my jurisdiction. I don't know, but I know I'm good. Why would he discount debts that were not his? He was stealing. you got to understand what's going on here. 
They're using their voice to steal from the company or from that person or from whatever to make himself look good. And he's trying to make these people that owed, and so now he takes some of their debt off, which he has no right to do, so they would have compassion if he gets thrown out on his mahooty. He has some place to go because people then will feel guilty. Well, he did help us. You know, and I'm not saying this is not wrong to help people, but you have to be the one that has the right to do that. So that's the parable. But look at verse 8. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly, for the sons of the world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. So that's what messes with us. This guy is stealing from his master, and he gets told, hey, you know, you used your head there. What? He's, he's, he's commended for what he did. Now, he's still going to get fired. But he's saying, well, you finally used your head. He's getting praise for his criminal mind. Now, he's not approving what happened. He's acknowledging that you got a truth here. Now, you've twisted it, and you've used it wrongly, but you have something. And that's what I want to show you. You see, the unjust steward had finally figured out that money gives you power and influence in your future. Now, don't shut me out. Just listen to me. That's an amazing statement, and we don't always understand that. Now, see, what people do in this day and age, they lure people in with money or deals, don't they? You can, let's bring reality here. You can get credit easy today. No credit check. Just $20 gets you started. No payments for a year. There's some I've seen where no payments for two or three years. And that sounds like, wow. We, you know, because we live in a society of instant gratification. We want it and we want it now. Just like the J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it and I want it now. So many of us don't know what it's like to save or to wait. But we have everything at the tip of our fingers all around us, fast food restaurants. If we wait more than two minutes in the drive-thru line, what is the holdup? Can you not make my Big Mac quicker? That's why I'm in the drive-thru. Don't you hate going through the line? Could you pull up there? We're going to bring that out to you. Like if I wanted that, I had to come inside. Because we live in like, ah. Oh. We have microwaves. Remember, I remember when those first came out. Anybody remember that? Remember we got one? I, I forget. Is it your mom or dad? Somebody's like, I'm never using it. Well, you go ahead, but I'm heating my hot dog up in 30 seconds. <laughs> so uh, microwaves are awesome. How about this? Instant pot. I love my instant pot. Air fryer. Oh, isn't that, I mean, it's just awesome. Now, I'm not against any of these. I, I, I love my Instant Pot and Air Fryer. Remote controls. There's remote controls for everything, for fans, for TVs, for whatever, for heaters. When I grew up, I was my dad's remote control. Go change the channel, son, and take the pliers. Because we only had three. Everything is based on convenience. Now, this is a true story. I knew a pastor that said he had to have the latest cell phone because it was 1.6 seconds faster than the old model and he calculated that out minutes a day then a week then a month then a year and that was just wasting his time beetle 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 somebody needs help will robinson i mean if you got that much time to figure that out woo! somebody's overthinking things there's no future tense we live in a world that just is live for today if it feels good, do it. I want it now. Companies do that six months same as cash for a reason. Most people, actually over 80% of the people that do that, never pay it off in six months. It just doesn't happen. It's not that they, they, they intend to do it because it always looks good. But life happens. All of a sudden you need tires. 
Kids need braces. Something happened. You, you know, whatever. And now what you were going to do, you can't. You have to do this. And they, they know that. So that's why they offer that. Because then when the payments take over, there's interest. And if you miss a payment, the interest goes from what was maybe 13% to like 34% or whatever. And it's like crazy. But they know that. And they know that over 80% of the people are not going to make that payoff. We know what happens if we don't put God in the equation. We intend to do everything right. It's the execution that we lack. The discipline, if you will. We've had to sometimes pull back and look at what we spent to eat out one time. I remember, and that was back in the day. I remember she said, we've already spent $40 this week. And you might be going, $40, that's nothing. How many remember you can get a meal at McDonald's for $5 and have change? You can't do that now. The sandwich alone is like eight bucks. <laughs> I went in, got, they just came out again with the bagels. I love them steak bagel things, you know. And I remember I went through and I got Kim the sausage uh, burrito, you know, breakfast burrito. And I got a steak bagel and the lady told me the price. I said, no, ma'am, I only want one of those. And she said, honey, you ain't going to get no steak bagel for under, you know. And I was just like, okay, well, there you go. I mean, I thought it was going to be like $3 or something. No, it was $6. But it was good, but still. You see, things that we don't understand will cost us if we're not letting God get involved. Because these people are not doing what they're doing for free. There is a reason. It's called marketing. And it, it, there's a reason to pull you in to do that. Now, not every marketing and all that is all bad, so please don't misunderstand. And I'm not saying if the company doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad company, you have to choose to take advantage of or not of that option. So then that falls on us. But anyway, that type of convenience costs. There are cars that cost megabucks. I mean, they're just like 40, 50, 60, 70,000 and more. That's like, wow. I don't know what the payment on a $80,000 or $70,000 car would be. I don't, I'm not asking you to figure it out. But I'm just saying. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're great cars, but I'm like, wow. But most of us don't have that kind of cash, so we sign for it. We go in debt. Now, before I get started on this, just so that you know, um, I'm, I'm not out of debt. Kim and I aren't out of debt. We have things that we are paying for just like you, but we are working. We have a plan. Somebody say a plan. And we didn't do everything always smart. And I'm not saying all of debt is bad. You can't have that. What I'm saying is you just need to get God involved and use your head and your heart. Okay? Um, but if you made, I mean, you all know if you make all the payments on time, by the time it's paid for, you're going to have paid way more than what the car was worth. Works the same way for your house. If you look at your house, the interest that you pay or if you pay it off early, what you'll save over the course of 30 years or even if you go 15 or 20, it's amazing what you'll save when you do your house payment. So you have to find ways to cut the corners. I understand, hey, this is how we got this. This is what we did. You needed to do it. You felt you needed to. You felt God was in it. I'm not against that. I'm just saying, then how do we go from there? Save money. Sometimes I'll tell people, say if you can buy a car for $5,000, if you have cash, you can buy it, and then you make a payment to yourself as if you were making a car payment, and you save that, and then in one or two years, you take the cash, sell the car, together now you, have, you can buy a $10,000 car, and you can do that over and over again. Some people do that. That's, uh, you know, you'll see uh, Dave Ramsey or somebody make those kind of things, and there's, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But it's hard to pay yourself, isn't it? Because if you know you have that little safety cookie jar of money, something happens. Christmas comes, you know, or whatever. I'm just going to take out of there just, and I'm going to put back. And we end up robbing Peter to pay Paul, and we still have the same thing. So we need to pay things off as quick as we can, but just use our brains and our minds and our hearts uh, in the kingdom. Uh, but if you have cash, I will say cash talks. 
I mean, if you go someplace and they're like, are you, you have cash? They'll be more than willing to deal with you if you have cash. I've walked away and they've seen the cash. One time I went to get, I had, uh, I had given a car away and I went to get, and I knew the Lord said, that's your car. And it was an Eddie Bauer Bronco. And I was like, that's a man's car. I need that. And I felt like the Lord said, it had four brand new tires on it. And that's how I knew it was mine. I said, Lord, I need something because I just put tires on the car I gave away. And I was just like, I need something. I don't want to have to do tires again. Had four brand new tires on it. And as soon as I saw it, I knew my spirit jumped up and he said, there's your car. So I went in and I talked to the dealer that had the lot and said, I want that car. He said, okay, here's what we got on it. I said, no. I pulled out. This is a true story. I pulled out. I said, I have $1,700. And I slapped it down on the table. And he goes, that didn't even hardly cover the tires that were put on it. I slapped it on the table and said, that's what I got. He said, no. I gathered that up, stuck it in my pants pocket. I said, okay. Well, thank you. Started to walk out the door. He said, hang on a minute. He said, could you do 30, I've got more, I've got over, you know, and I said, I have $1,700. That's what I have. That's supposed to be my car. He said, how's that supposed to be here? I said, doesn't matter, but that's what I have. I want to buy it today, $1,700, walk out the door. He looked at me and laughed. He said, I can't do that. I said, okay. Started to walk out the door. Hey, hang on a minute. I walked out of that, that car lot that day. Bought that Bronco for $1,700 cash out the door. They filled up my wiper fluid and gave me a tank of gas. My dad looked at me and goes, I don't even know. And I said, he does. And I turned around later and God said, now sell that car. And I turned around and because the car was worth a lot more than I paid for it. And uh, the one guy said, I know what you paid for. It was the pastor I worked for. He said, I'll give you just what you paid for it. I said, no. He said, why? He said, that's supposed to be my car. I said, well, as soon as God tells me that's supposed to be your car, then you can have it. But we needed the money to do some other things, and he told me what to get for it. He told me what to ask for it. He told me that I was, and it was worth more than this, but I was to get $3,100 for this car. And so I told the pastor, I said, boss, I would give that to you, but I'm supposed to sell it for $3,100. He's just like, you only paid seventeen dollars for it. I said, I know. He said, that was tax title and everything. I said, I know, but I'm going to sell it for 31. He goes, no way. You know, somebody came up, bought that car for 3,000. I said, God, you said 31. And it was just like it was quiet. Like God and I was, I was trying to, I was listening. And the person, I said, okay, I'll sell it for, maybe I misheard you. You ever feel that? I'll sell it for three. The guy called me back and said, I got to tell you this, I'm not supposed to give you three, I'm supposed to give you 31. And he came that day, gave me 31 with the pastor's mouth just dragging the floor going, how did that happen? I didn't even understand, my friends, I'm just telling you, I was just starting to get into how the kingdom works. I didn't even understand, but this is what happens. If you listen and you obey, you cannot go wrong if God's in it. You just can't. And, I, and I, we took that money, we tithed off of it. Everything I get in, I tithe off of, and we ended up buying, I think, Christmas and everything that year, and I bought another car, uh, and then he had me give that away, and somebody gave me another. I mean, it, just, it was just crazy how things just went. Just be wise. Ask God, God, how do you want me to do this? Most people always pay the minimum payment on a credit card. Some days are like that. I get it. Sometimes you're just like, I can just make the minimum payment. But if you do that consistently, you'll never pay the card off. And they hope that you don't. The banks are all like, oh, that's great. We'd love to give you more credit. We'll extend your credit. You know why? Because if you make the minimum payment, you're a lifelong member. And they like it because they're making money on the interest. I knew a guy, it's a true story. So I'm just telling you things from my life. So I hope this helps you. I knew a guy that he had a maxed out $10,000 credit card. Max it out. I was working at Honda at the time. I asked him, I said, what's on this card? He goes, I don't know. He said, it just started. We, just, we bought groceries. We bought this. We bought that. We went out. We bought that. We this, that. $10,000, card's maxed out. He went to the credit union at Honda, got another card, paid the credit card maxed out off, and then went right and charged it and maxed it up again. And we look and go, why? Stop the insanity. But you see, 
he didn't understand. You see, this is, this is about us being disciplined in following God. And if we don't look at ourselves as ever the issue, we never really can solve it, can we? Because God is never wrong. But that's what the steward had done. He had stolen money from the master, and that's how he lived. It was part of who he was. That's what he did. Luke 16.3, let's look at that. He said, the steward said within himself, what shall I do? My master's taking away the stewardship. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. It's telling you right there, he's saying, I have no plan. I didn't save anything. I was blowing the money as I got it. He didn't invest it. He didn't save it. He didn't store it. He just was here. Yep, okay, yep. He was living high on the hog, maybe caviar, fancy clothes. Today's time, he's buying places with flat screen TVs and surround sound. and Nothing wrong with having that. But it better be your money. Material things. He was taking advantage. Yes, it's nice to have luxurious things. I get it. What's bad is if you let luxurious things have you. Nothing wrong with having a big house, nice cars. Nothing wrong with that. Just don't let them have you. He couldn't live off the items. He didn't save anything. He's faced with manual labor. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to beg. So then he got this idea, wait, if I help these people take off some of their debt, they're going to like me. And so then when I'm out of a work, out of a place to live, they'll have pity on me, and they'll, they'll take care of me. They'll give me some things. They'll, I can mooch off them. There's a fun word. The master says, finally, you realize that the greatest use of your money isn't for temporary things. It's for the future. So he's talking about this physical life future. Jesus goes on in verse 9 and clarifies it more. I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, and when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Mammon was the name of a demon god that controlled money. So to refer to money in the scripture that says fail in that scripture, it's translated also die. Money is neither good nor bad. It's what you do with it, who's in charge of it. So do you understand that? You can do, there are bad things that happen with money, and there are good things that happen with money. There's people with evil hearts, there's people with good hearts. Money is just the, the substance or the element that they're using. Some use money to make friends and touch people's lives. So when they die, they'll receive you into an everlasting habitation. So I'm going to explain that a little bit. Master is telling all these temporary things can't help you now. That's what the master is saying. You, you're finally figuring out, right now you just live for today. That's not going to help you now. If you use money to help others, in turn they will help you, with, the, and that would be the smartest thing you did. That's what he's telling him. Now, it's, he did it wrongly because it wasn't his money to do. But see, when you get blessed, when you prosper, God's way to prosper you isn't so that you can buy bigger barns and bigger houses. Now, you might be able to do that, and he's okay that you prosper, and he's okay that you're blessed, and you could do that, but he also wants you to channel. It is basically just, this is the bottom line, to bless others. You are supposed to be the body of Christ and helping others, and if you are that channel, he just keeps giving you more, and so he'll bless you, and you'll be able to have nice things. I get that, but you won't let the things have you because you are a steward. They are not yours. Jesus was saying this, it's not just for now, it's for future generations. See, the servant said, if I get fired, I'm a good moocher. Because now these people will feel guilty. Well, I helped you. Couldn't, you, couldn't you give me something? And people will be like, oh. So that's what he's playing on, he's playing on guilt. Sounds kind of like the enemy, doesn't it? Jesus was saying, invest in people, invest in the future. That's why as a church, we invested in the Christian camp. Not just for us, it's for the 180 students and their friends and our friends and family camps and all of those things. It is so that we can for generations tell about the goodness of God. When people die, there'll be people lined up in heaven to welcome them home. Because they helped find 
their way to the Father. They helped pave the way to the Father. Let me show you how good God is. Let me bless you. I told you about the waitress we blessed at the pizza place. We were just saying God wanted us to do that. Whatever that seed is, we wanted to bless her. Find a way to show people the Father, the kingdom of God. You remember the song, Thank You? Thank you for giving to the Lord. Remember that song? When you give to the Lord, it helps those who don't even know. You don't even know who you're helping. When we have these speakers in, when we helped Carmen tour, when we had Audrey here, when we have Jerry Savelle here, when we've seen all the things and we have more people we're trying to line up. When the, you don't know how many people get saved along the way. You are part of that. When you sow into ministries we bring in here, you are saying hand in hand, I am helping this kingdom. These people find Jesus for real. That song was taken from this passage, this passage of Scripture. That's what Jesus is saying we need to do with money. We need to recognize it gives us power to influence our future, our physical future, but the spiritual future for eternity, to help further the kingdom of God, to help support what God wants to support, to help people, to give them whatever they need if we can do it. Money is temporary. It's used here on earth. Did you know money is not in heaven? There's a story of a man. He got up to the gates of heaven. He had a big suitcase. And Peter said, well, what are you doing? He said, I brought, I brought my wealth up here. He said, what's in the suitcase? The guy opens it up. It's got gold bars in it. Peter says, what would you bring street pavement for? <laughs> See, in heaven, they, they just, I mean, there's, the streets are made of gold. There's jewels on the gates. If we do things God's way, the kingdom way, God, what do you want me to do? I mean, I've told you stories. I love my wife. She's the most passionate person I know, probably even more animated than me. I love it because when you were even talking at the breakfast table, she's saying, she's all there. Love that, you know. Like I said, she'll buy something. What'd you buy that for? I don't know. Felt the Lord told me to buy it. And then two months later, somebody's like, I need this item. I can't find it. And she'd be like, I got it. And then she'll just give it to them. Investing in the kingdom. Touching their lives. Past physical things. Past food, clothing, place to live, love, kindness. You can do all of those things. What's God telling you? Just inviting people to church. You know, if you have a relationship with somebody, 82 to 84% of them, if you invited them to church, would say yes. At least they'd come one time, get to hear an ordinary preacher. Come at least once. Share eternal truths like the gospel. Share Jesus with them. If you share Jesus with them, what a game changer. What if you showed them the fruit? I've got my, my little grandson. He's four, ladies and gentlemen, four. And what he knows is that God heals he doesn't know why, he doesn't know how, he doesn't know, but I'm telling you, Justin has had snotty nose, I've had, the, I was there the other day and I kept sneezing, and Mallory said, uh, Errol, would you go pray for pots? And so he comes over and he just says, pots, no sneeze anymore. <laughs> Jesus touched pots' nose. Now listen, it doesn't, there, you got to hear what I'm saying, there is no Holy Spirit Junior. There is no like all of a sudden, well, we need the little Holy Spirit to go because Arrow's four. No, 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 no. Same God in Arrow, same God in me. And Arrow just believes. That's it. He doesn't have all the analyzation of adults that go, well, I don't know. He just is like, okay, God heals. You're healed. Now, it's up to me to believe and receive because faith always has a place of reception and a place of release. But from that moment on, my nose cleared up. I got better. And if I said anything to Arrow about, hey, thanks for praying for pots, you're welcome. I mean, he'd say something like that. If I say anything he doesn't like, he'll go, I don't think so. <laughs> so we have to say, okay, God, how do I, when I invest money, I want to invest it in the kingdom. I want to invest it in the church, in ministries, in missionaries, or wherever God is telling me. Not my tithe. My tithe goes to the storehouse. But in my offering, when I want to sow above and beyond, 
You see, tithe is like a protection. It just, I mean, this is the place where the Bible says God will rebuke. I like it when God rebukes. So, I, you know, everything I have is his. So I gave you the illustration of the three guys taking care of Pastor Kim, and I gave them 10000 each. All they had to do is send $1,000 in, take care of her. I'm just saying, so I do what, what that, the Bible says, that's fine. But then above that, Lord, how do you want me to sow? Do you want me to give? What do you want me to do? Money given to that kind of cause never leaves your life. If you give money to the kingdom, it never leaves your life. It is seed that's planted. It enters into your eternal future. I want you to see what I'm saying. Someday when you receive people coming to you and thanking you for your investment because you gave, it changed their life. You can take something temporary and turn it into something eternal. And it's not foolish to take something you can't keep and turn it into something you can never lose. Most don't view money this way. Most see money like the steward did. What can I get? What new toy do I want? It's not wrong to have nice things. Please hear me. Just don't let nice things have you. Things should not be your focus. I mean, I've had things that I've, I've loved, and the Lord said, I need you to give that to this person. I just have to say, yes, sir, because it's not mine. I'm the steward over it. You know, what? Kim and I are changing our whole mindset. How much now can we give to the kingdom? How much more could we make or give to the kingdom? Could we do something to make an investment to change lives for the kingdom? So you have to take care of what's put in your charge. Jesus said, this is the least. Did you know finances are the least you can believe in for? If you can't believe Jesus for your checkbook, pretty doubtful you're going to believe him for your healing. I mean, think about it. We started just doing stuff before in the natural. Oh, I'm getting a headache. Hey, give me two ibuprofen. I don't always do that now. Now I'm just like, hey, Lord. Head, you line up with the word of God. Whatever is causing this pain, in Jesus' name, I bind this pain. I start speaking to my head, and it goes away. If I can believe for that, wow, I can start believing for other things. But see, what we don't, we don't exercise our faith, those opportunities. Even though they're small, they add up. You have to be a person of integrity. If you... I don't understand why this isn't working. If you spend the rest of your life talking about, like you talk good in here, but you talk bad out there, well, you're, that's why it doesn't work. Because you're, you're two-tongued, double-minded. Well, I love God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tithe. I'm going to give. I'm going to do everything. And then you get outside and you look at your bills and you go, I can't stand this. This isn't going to work. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, you got more twang in a banjo. You ever have anybody talk banjo? <laughs> you got to take care. Now, I get it. If you're the uh, you're stewards, so you're the mom and dad, take care of your home. Take care of your car. Take care of your stuff. Take good care of it because it's God's. You're the steward of it. I had a guy come to our church one time when we pastored before, and he wanted, he wanted everybody to buy him a brand new trailer. And this is what the, I mean, he's just, and he was not shy about it. I'm God's person. Well, so are we. You know, I put my pants on just like you do, unless you jumped into yours with both feet. I don't know. (laughs) And the Lord told me, he said, go to church early and look at his camper. I said, okay. I went to the church, knocked on the door. He opened it. The place was a pigsty. It was terrible. So he said, you guys are going to buy me a new camper. I said, no. He said, what? I said, I'll tell you what he told me to do. He said, what? He said, you don't take care of this one. You don't deserve another one. He didn't like that. So what we did as a church, we had guys come and we helped clean it up. We just took care of what he had, made it look like it was almost a new trailer, and said, this is what the Lord's told us. Just take care of this one. And, and, you know, that's up to him. You see, people, we want everything. I don't. Give me, give me, give me. I deserve it. 
Take care of your family. God is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. And he will take care of you. Focus on God. How can you use the resources he's given you to touch people's lives? You know, one thing I love about my sister, and there's many things, and we don't have all the time to list them, but she will, she, if I ask you who's a good cook in this place, most everybody, if they've had any of her cooking, will go, I mean, Jesus would be like, uh, Crunch, could you make some more of those? Uh, you know, very, very good cook. But she, she uses that gift to bless. I mean, our core meeting sometimes, the, the, my, my guys are the happiest. All of our people are the happiest because all of a sudden, well, I call her Crunch. Crunch made the dinner tonight. They're all like, yes! <laughs> Except the one time we got Lee's chicken. They were pretty happy about that. But they really liked, you know, because she just makes stuff. And, then, and everybody's, are you, you going to take all that home with you? Do, do we have any baggies here at the church? I mean, you know, because she will touch people and bless them. You know why? Because of this principle. They are working for the kingdom. It is in her heart to go, I want to give them the best for God. So she's cooking for God and you're enjoying her effort for the Lord. I want to fill up heaven. I'm not going alone. So I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. And you know what? There's not a bad way to get to heaven. If you are an incredible sinner and something happened to you and just before you left this earth, you squeaked in under the door, it's still a good deal. You still got there. You know, maybe you didn't live 20 years of doing whatever, but... Heaven is an incredible deal. Why would you not want to go to heaven? Did you know the party in hell's canceled due to fire? I'm just saying. It's terrible there. You don't want that. I want to touch lives for the kingdom. Have you considered this passage of scripture? You know, that we just were talking about. You know, what we did as influence with finances. How many people were waiting for Billy Graham when he got to heaven? I mean, who led Billy to Jesus? Woo! I mean, this man filled stadiums, and he told them all his life he talked about the gospel and showed them Christ. How many people, probably as far as the eye can see, thank you for giving to the Lord. Can you imagine? They're going to welcome him home. That's the purpose of this parable. That's why Jesus gave it. Now, this steward blew all of the money with no thought and then was forced to use the money to influence people in his future. And he's telling us, this is what Jesus is saying, use the money that God has entrusted to you to touch people. Just bless them. But see, that's, that's hard. Because although it's the least, it is the hardest for most people. You cannot have my purse. You cannot have my wallet. You know, if I had all of the men stand up and said, everybody get your wallet out, and they all did, and said, now exchange it with somebody, and they all did, and said, okay, now we're going to receive an offering. I want you to get into the wallet and give as much as you want. People would be like, hold it! <laughs> Preacher, that's of the devil. Because Listen, it's easy to give somebody else's money because we think we have the money. I could have had a V8. See, nobody would get that unless they watch that online. I'd be like, why did he hit his head? I don't know. What does God entrust with you to help people? Nice things is fine. I think that's great. And he loves it when you prosper. He has blessed Kim and I. We've had people come to our house and go, oh, I want to be a senior pastor. <laughs> Better rethink that one. That's a position you better be called to. But still, it, you know, they go, oh, you, you have a nice house. Well, God did that. I didn't do that. I mean, I had my, I put my hand to it, but I did what he, yeah, I just did what he told me. I still have more to learn and more to do. Remember Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, if you read the verse before, it's talking about what you eat, what you wear, all of that stuff. we got to seek God. If we put God first, 
We don't have to worry about the other things because it's all God's. If you start giving, God's going to give back to you many, 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 many times over. 638 of Luke says this, and this, this has been taught different ways, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says, okay? Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom for the same measure that who uses? Who's it say? You. The same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. There's other scripture I could pull out. We could be here all afternoon. If you sow sparingly, you reap what? Sparingly. If you sow generously, you... So we control the harvest of what God is giving us. Now, you have to listen to the Lord because the enemy can try to get you to go, oh, give all of this away, which you cannot give God, but he'll try to make you give for the wrong reason. This is, again, about your heart. Not legalistic, but it's about your heart. Now, I know people that what many believers would say, I don't know, man. They live in what they would call a mansion. Some have over, I mean, they're just huge square footage. And they're criticized on having nice things. They have really nice cars or whatever. They don't know how much these people give to the gospel. And people say, it doesn't matter. Okay, well, you're not walking in their shoes. Never criticize a person's harvest until you see how much seed they planted. Are you hearing that? Don't criticize their harvest till you know how much seed they planted. There are people that just give things away just to be a blessing. So they have a fancy house or a nice car, but they give like 150% of their income away, and God just keeps giving them. They're just showing the goodness of God. See, what we have is man's way of thinking. Well, now I'm not saying have a gold toilet. I don't know that you need that, you know what I'm saying? But you got to understand, even if they, the, some of these, they have these great cars and God will say, give that away. They just go, okay. And they just do because it has no hold on them because it's not theirs. What's amazing to me is people, I mean, they, they criticize and they yell and they do whatever they want to do about, oh, well, if the pastor has this, then you know where all the money, you know, what? Get out. But all of that kind of stuff is, is something they have no idea what you give or what you do not give. And if you are giving and you, everything you have you give to the Lord and God just says this, I want to bless you, here you go. We don't start out... Kim and I didn't start out just, you know, we're, we were figuring this thing out. So you, you, you have to have the right heart. This, again, is not about legalistically. This is not, this is about heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, remember in the beginning I told you the Bible says where your treasure lies, your heart lies also. Your treasure follows your heart. Or your heart follows your treasure, I guess that's how I should say it. So you need to understand, if your treasure is God, this is all about your heart. People get all hung up on, well, I can't do that. Well, why not? If God says it's not mine anyway. But my heart, that's what will reveal what's really inside. If you sow corn, you reap corn. Now, before this whole thing is done, I'll show you exactly what I mean. But let's, let's, the story's from the Bible. Now think about this. When oil and flour were sown, or just oil, what was reproduced? Oil and flour, or just oil. Fish and bread, what was reproduced? Fish and bread. So when something was sown, that's what it reproduced. And I'll, I'll, again, I'll show you kingdom laws. So just, you're just going to need to hang with me. You sow a kernel of corn, and let's say it grows in one stalk, the average Stalk of corn has about three ears on it. Three ears have about 700 kernels on each ear. And you planted one. Just to give you an idea of how that multiplication works. Let me just make this. I'm just telling you from my own life. I've given away cars. I got cars back. Give them away again. I get another one. I've given away computers. I got computers. I told you the story. I gave away a watch. 
I, I got five watches in two weeks. I had the UPS guy just take off a watch and said, just, just take it. I didn't, he doesn't know me, and I don't know him, and I never asked him, didn't say anything about a watch. You cannot outgive God. It's impossible, and he won't let it happen. You might not agree with me, but you have the right to be wrong. It's okay. But it doesn't make it any less true. It is laws in the kingdom. And these things that Kim and I are finding out, that's what we do. We, you know, and Pastor Gary said, you got to be a, a, a spiritual scientist. So in other words, something happens. you got to look in to say, like, why did that happen? And if that would happen there, how can I make that happen here? You know, it's just like electricity. Do you know back when Jesus was alive, electricity wasn't invented, but it was still there. Nobody put two and two together to make it happen. There were still waves in the, in the air to do TV and radio, but there was no TV or radio. But somebody along the way figured all that out. So if you know how to do electricity and you go like, if I put this wire and this wire and do this and this, Thomas Edison, the light comes on. You can do it. You can reproduce it. But you see, the world has told us no. God is sovereign. He is sovereign as far as he is God. But he gave you authority. So you have to determine how these laws work and put your hand to them. See, what happens in churches in America today, we so like, and, and again, don't get, don't give me hate mail. I want to sow, sow 50 cents. Well, if the Lord told you to sell, sow 50 cents, that's all you need. That's fine. But we'll want 50 cents, and then we expect like $18 million to come in in trucks because we sowed 50 cents. And that's what happens in the mindset of America. We get as much as we can for as little as we can. You need to understand none of it is yours. It is God's. And our heart has to say whatever you say. There's been times I have sowed large amounts in the thousands, and there's been times I've sowed $10, $5, $2.50, $1, $5, $20, $25. Whatever he's told me in, a, in whatever we were doing or whatever we were believing for. And we come up with the price of what we believe we want to sow. We'll pray, and I'll, she'll pray, and I'll pray. We come back, and sometimes we come back and said, what do you have? And so many times I can tell you she's right here. We'll have the same number. We're supposed to sow $200. Now, I'm a dude. Remember who raised me? <laughs> Tom's in the back going, preach it, brother. There's a Diet Dr. Pepper waiting for you somewhere in heaven. When you get there, Jesus is going to be, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, do you, be, hey, how about, how about two bucks? How about 20? Why does it have to be 200? But, you know, this is what I've learned. It's not mine. I got that same number. She got that same number. We'll sew it and we'll lay hands on it. And we'll believe for it. We'll release it and receive. And things begin to happen. And I'll, I'll explain all of that to you before this is all done. You might say, Brett, if I do what you're telling me, I can't, I'm taking away from stuff I'm believing for or saving for. All I'm telling you is listen to the Lord. That's what I'm telling you. I'm not trying to, that's why I don't do gimmicks. I don't, hey, if everybody sows uh, uh, Isaiah, you know, and I come up with a scripture, 43, you know, whatever. We all got to sow $43, you know, whatever. Unless the Lord would tell me and I knew it was the Lord, I don't do any of that. We just don't do that. I want you to hear God and do what you're supposed to do. That's what I want. I'm not going to tell you what that is. I want God to tell you what that is. I hope you respect that. But I, I said, Brett, I, I'm going away from my goal. You can keep that playing. That's great. So how can I get that? I mean, it doesn't make any sense in the natural that if I give money away, that I'll get more. Because your heart is not thinking that. I'm not, I don't give money to get more. I give money because it's not mine. And because it's not mine and I give it, I prosper. That's just part of the blessing. So how does that work? Well, because God said he'll bless me. So if I didn't have God, I can't, I would say, you're right. 
but I do have God. So in my natural mind, it doesn't make sense. But in the spiritual world, it makes exactly sense. That's probably not a great sentence, but it, I know what I mean. It makes exactly sense. You see, because we live by kingdom laws. See, once God is involved by the authority you've been given, you've given him legal access and jurisdiction to work on your behalf. That's why things happen. That's why the multiplication happened. Remember the prophet said, this is what I want you to do. Remember Jesus, bring that stuff here to me. Let me bless it. Because when God is involved, it can't help stay the same. It'll move to another dimension. That's what happens in the natural. We go into the spiritual and grab the truth and pull it back because we believe we received it when we said and when we prayed, and we pull it back in. I don't have to see it to know that it's happened. Jesus didn't have to go, hey, that fig tree's dead. As soon as he spoke it, the fig tree died. And it showed up 24 hours later. So this instant thing with the world is saying, well, you didn't get it. See, it didn't work. That's the devil. Faith and patience bring the promise, Hebrews says. I don't have to see it. It's already there. It's going to show up. And I've seen so many things in my life show up that we just prayed into existence. I'm just saying, I, I, I'll explain as best I can. But I mean, I've seen things. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. But the Lord is like, I love you, son. <laughs> Sam asked me one time, he said, Dad, what are you believing for? I was, I was sowing seed for a, for a deer. I said, I'm believing for, and I wrote on my check, a four-point or an eight-point. Pretty good buck is what I wrote in the memo section. We laid hands on that. We agreed. We sowed that seed. I went out to hunt. I saw this happen. As, as I'm telling you to this day, it's just the way it happened. Two deer come running right towards me, a four-point and an eight-point. Came right and stopped right in front of me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And this is what the Lord said to me, choose. And, and the four point was bigger than the eight point, and I'd already had an eight point, so I got the four point. I went back, told pastor that. He goes, I need to put that in my book. Why? Because it's a kingdom law come to pass. It is fruit. And I remember there's times I'm just like, Lord, I will serve you as long as I have breath. You see, if God's involved, he's going to bring the increase. Can I say, you know, Pastor Perry's a millionaire now. He didn't start out that way. He, was, he started out broke, busted, and disgusted. For nine years, lived in a, in a farmhouse that didn't even stay together. They couldn't pay any of the bills. But God has elevated him, and he gives thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars away to the kingdom. I mean, he's just a funnel. I told him one time in, a, in our church, we, this is even this was before COVID, I think. I told him, man, Pastor, he's like, so tell me how it's going, because he's on our board. He's that's our executive board. He said, How's it going? I said, Oh, we're, man, we're struggling. I don't want to struggle. He turned around, and looked at Drenda, and she looked at him. He just turned around, and wrote out a check, ten thousand dollars, True Life Church here. I want to do that. Would you like to do that? He didn't even think about it. He didn't be like, Oh dear Lord. I don't know. He just, here. Man, we took it, caught everything up. Gave ties off. I mean, it's just, what I'm telling you is, he didn't start out. But he had to be trusted. You see, that's how you pass the test of promotion. You want to get promoted? You got to be trusted in the least. We don't like to hear that. But Jesus said, giving is the least if he can trust you, can you imagine if everybody in here was like, Lord, it's all yours. You tell me what to do. We would already be building on. And we would have the money to do it. And it would draw even more people to the gospel and the kingdom. But our hearts, rather we build or whatever, I, I would just rather see this place right now. Well, I don't want to speak. I, I just want to see this place packed. Two and three, four services, I don't care. I mean, just pack it out. See the glory of God in this place. See that cloud again. See people raised from the dead. 
See people coming out of wheelchairs. See things happen. People getting delivered from cancer. Delivered from dementia. Do you believe it? Would you help us? That's our heart. I don't want to be a church that's just, let me give you three prayers in the poem. I want to be a church that is alive and has a purpose. And the people in this church walk in the power and the anointing and the grace and the favor of Almighty God. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, with every head bowed, every